Pete, would you say that sometimes you're an anxious person? <laughs> That's a fun start. <laughs> let me refer, let me change the question. <laughs> That's not going to work. <laughs> uh, are you feeling a bit anxious or stressed right now? Yes. Or have you this week or even earlier today? God, yeah, I already had you had me at right oh. now. All of those yeah, things. Okay. Right? Yeah. And when you're feeling and when you're feeling anxious and stressed, do you sometimes like try to distract yourself or cope by avoiding the thing or things that are making you stressed and worried? Yes, and I call Daddy's little helper. <laughs> those are tic tacs. <laughs> I ask those questions because I would like to ask you a bunch more questions. Oh, outstanding. So if you sure. don't mind, stay in your slightly or whatever level of anxiety or stress that you're in or if you need to dip back into when you were a little bit more stressed and try to just sort of live there for a second if you don't mind sure. while i ask the following questions and you can answer each one let's answer each one on a scale of one to five okay one meaning definitely not true mm -hmm. i do not agree with this at all mm -hmm. three being like i don't know i can't decide i'm not sure five being that's definitely true so there's probably going to be Five a lot of twos two, and fours one is, not. is my guess. Five is yeah. three, one is not. Got it. Okay. So you're a little stressed. You're a little anxious. I would like to read you some questions, please. And I have to bring them up on my phone and I desperately need my reading glasses. Secret organizations communicate with extraterrestrials, but keep this fact from the public. <laughs> did they just one listen to five. Did they just listen to their show last week? It's not all going to be about okay. aliens, I promise. Um. Do you want me to read it again? Four. That's, that gives me anxiety. I don't like that. Secrets are bad. So you're, But you're not rating it on an anxiety level. You're rating on whether you believe it's true or not, right? Oh, yeah. No, so I'll it's definitely I, okay. yeah, I'm sorry. not true to definitely true. Yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> okay. Three. I'll give you a three on that one. Okay. The government permits or perpetuates acts of terrorism on its own soil, disguising its involvement. God, I hate God. Uh, Do you not want to? Uh, three, probably, and a half. Three and a half. So not sure, but leaning towards mm -hmm. there's a good uh, chance. Let's just say I don't trust. A, a chance. The, okay. Those. Got it. The power held by heads of state is second to that of a small unknown group who is really in control of world politics. Oh, crying out loud. You know, probably, but two, because impatience. So line. probably not true. Okay. Yeah. A small secret group of people is responsible for making all major world decisions, such as going to war. One to five. Yeah, I still lean on two there. Okay, so probably not true. Yeah. Great. The government is involved in the murder of innocent citizens and or well-known public figures and keeps this a secret. I have seen so many Tom Clancy movies that that's going to be a three. <laughs> that's okay. Right in the middle. Technology with mind control capacities is used on people without their knowledge. I feel like I feel like I'm really committing. I am so anxious right now just answering these questions because I feel like you're making me commit to something in on the recording that is going to live for goddamn ever. Like, uh, I don't even remember the question. What was it again? Oh, I hate you. Uh, this is terrible. Techno <laughs> technology with mind control capacities is used on people without their knowledge. One. No, it's not. No, that's I'm not drawing true. a line okay. in the sand. That's not true. Nobody's controlling the mind. Great. Uh, can I just give you a couple more? Yeah, we'll cut this a little short because I think you're <laughs> getting <laughs> legitimately angry at me. Um, let's see. The spread of certain viruses and or diseases is the result of the deliberate concealed efforts of some organizations. Jesus. No, it's not concealed. Okay. They're idiots. It's spreading because they're dumb. <laughs> There's nothing concealed about it. Um, experiments involving new drugs or technologies are routinely carried out on the public without their knowledge or consent. No, you've come off the reservation now. Like that we're, we're, we've crossed the Rubicon. Now we're in full on Got conspiracy it. mode. And I don't. Well, isn't that interesting that you bring that up? Because <laughs> I read an abstract. Oh, no. A Polish scientist <laughs> at the Institute of Psychology in Warsaw named Marta Marchaluska published a paper in the British Journal of Social Psychology last year uh, in July of 2021. Um, after running a bunch of Polish tests all over the place, they concluded that people who use avoidance coping, meaning you minimize or avoid dealing with stressful situations, 
or anxious situations are far more likely to believe in conspiracy theories during times of acute stress and anxiety. Hmm. That if you're stressed or really anxious, for some reason, your belief in uh, conspiracy theories can go through the roof. And I read the abstract and it doesn't seem like they know why this happens wow. other than maybe it's just another way of distracting yourself. And if you're stressed, I, we know we've talked a little bit about conspiracy theories before. And one of the things is it's a way of coping with personal everyday life frustrations. Yeah. I'm not getting ahead. I can't make enough money. I can't do this. It must be because there's this grand plan yeah. against me. And now that you've um, told me all that, all I can tell you is yeah. everything I answered two or three on, I now answer one because, of course, that's all bunk. I don't. I don't really, really one. Yeah, I just don't like I. I problem is I want to believe that there are aliens out there. And if somebody's keeping a secret from me, that's fine. I just want to believe that there are aliens out there because I dig aliens. I'm not going to go stand on a rooftop with a big painted sign that says, take me next. <laughs> but I do, I do like the idea that we're not alone. I believe we're not alone. And the sooner we can find that out, the sooner I can just be right. And that'd be nice. But I just am so like, Part I find myself answering those questions because I because yeah, there was only I skipped over the other ones about aliens because I wanted to get yeah. on to other things. Well, it's really about government yeah, and yeah, and being I, control. It's it's all almost all of them are control yes, questions. Yeah. Who's really in control? I totally get that. And the thing that I think bugs me the most about it is that I find myself answering not because from like a true authentic place, but because what if I'm wrong? I at least want to be on the record as living in the gray area. <laughs> wait what do you mean wait like, if you're wrong you mean yeah. if there is like this cabal of like yeah if there's a cabal of shady people, people called in specter and think yeah they're all yep. making decisions with black marbles and rings with signets and things like that like i i just like i don't believe that's happening i think that the that our entire leadership and uh like the people we elect are all just as crazy as i am and they're all dealing with the right. same kind of craziness as i am and i i just don't but what but what if specter is like legit what if like yeah you want you you don't want to be you want to have something over it. i don't want to be i don't want to keep your i don't want to have been wrong about that and so i'm just sure. gonna lie and say yeah i kind of believe in it when i really don't that makes me i think you, a, a better subject for study because there's something definitely wrong with that line of thinking like i can't even explain right. it clearly something's wrong <laughs> you're trying to outstudy this we yeah. should just do an entire peer-reviewed study on just you <laughs> did i tell you that i well, you just brought it up i have a plan on how to figure out if there is a secret room of oh. people that are really controlling everything standing what is that you know you you have to track two things uh-huh Metal suitcases or metal briefcases and cigars. <laughs> Every evil room yeah. <laughs> filled with jerks that are controlling yep. things are smoking cigars and they all have metal briefcases because nothing good comes in a metal briefcase. Let me just tell you this. Let me just tell you this. Yeah. Go to a pet yeah. store. You know what you're not going to see? What? A Persian cat. Because they're already ah, all taken. Persian cats. Yeah. Oh my god. They're inside metal, every metal smoking briefcase. a cigar. <laughs> That's what's in the metal briefcase. <laughs> oh, they gotta cut <laughs> some air holes in that. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. <laughs> well, this went not the direction I intended. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to What's That Smell, a sometimes funny podcast about humans and their anxieties. I'm Tommy Metz III. And I'm Pete Wright. Every week, we each drag one of our deepest, darkest anxieties into the light to share it, learn about and it. And hopefully laugh about it with all of you. Want to talk to us? Then reach out. Send us the story of your anxieties to whatsthatsmell.net. You just go to whatsthatsmell.net and you can donate your anxiety to us and we will research it and share it. You can, of course, be as anonymous as you want and we won't come over to your house once. Thank you. This is a podcast. And with that, <laughs> I'll go first. <laughs> Pete, you'd agree that I'm a man, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, no. You don't like to start? <laughs> and as such, I don't think I should speak for women. 
I don't think men should ever speak for women. They should be allowed to speak for themselves. Do you agree? I do. Great. Well, this week, Pete, you know what I'm going to do? <laughs> That's right. I'm going to speak for women. And I truly hope this doesn't get grim. Okay. I'm not really speaking for women. I'm kind of speaking on their behalf. Maybe let's let me just go through it. All right. This is an anxiety I've had for much of my life, but it's what is known in the brain biz as a secondhand anxiety. Mm -hmm. We've talked about these before. It's anxiety over something that I personally never go through, but I feel anxious and uneasiness for other people going through it. And in this case, it's mostly women. Not for women in general, although there is plenty of secondhand anxiety that could be felt uh, on behalf of women. I have focused my anxiety on one thing, which could branch out into a bunch of things, but I just sort of tried to keep it as uh, focused as I could. It is something that I think is archaic and punitive and often completely inappropriate at times, yet is so normalized. And this is where my anxiety comes in. It is so normalized. I bet some of our listeners. Don't even think about it ever. Okay. Pete, I'm talking about the Oscar slap. No, just <laughs> kidding. I always do that. This week, I'd like to talk to you about, are you excited? Kind of, but nervous. Mostly nervous. High heels. Oh. Pete, this week, I bring to you high heelophobia <laughs> from the Greek word. Just kidding. It's, I made that up. There's no name for this. Um, you, but this is of high heels. Yeah. You say that. That's Second not a joke, anxiety. right? That's not a joke. No. Okay. Correct. Well, I'm very High interested where you uh, where you think this comes from for you, uh, and then yeah. you, I hope you'll be pleasantly surprised when I tell you where it came from for you because I already know. Go ahead. Where where it came from? Yeah, I know where this is buried. Where my mm -hmm. uneasiness mm -hmm. came from? Yeah, well, that's it. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. All right. Well, this is exciting. Now this whole thing feels like a minefield. Yeah. Um, <laughs> One glance at the internet, first of all, I found that I am happily and unsurprisingly not alone. Mm -hmm. Now, two quick caveats before moving forward. Yes, man, men can, of course, also wear high heels, but I'm restricting this conversation to women simply because they are expected to wear high heels in many situations versus it just being a personal choice. And sometimes they are required. And number two, I've brought this topic up with numerous female friends throughout my life, and some have agreed, but many have disagreed with my negative attitude completely. So I am not speaking on behalf of all females, just one who feel they are caught in a high heelocracy. <laughs> Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah. Heelocracy. Okay, good. Awesome. So Pete, yeah. has this ever worried you? Do you have any dogs in this dog fight? Oh, dogs, because feet. That's fine. Nah, um, no. Well, maybe. I guess. I, okay. um, so I live in Oregon. And oh. I'm not saying we don't have, like, I'm not saying high heels aren't part of a culture in Oregon. Now, you go downtown, you go to work yeah. as businessy people, and they go to the, their, I don't know, their fine dining clubs and their smoking rooms and things like that. And I imagine there are high heels worn. But okay. I happen to be in a family and extended family where high heels were pretty much expunged. Like, really? Yeah. Like we just they just don't. None of the women wear family. My my daughter doesn't wear shoes most of the time, like just at all. <laughs> She's outdoors. Uh, my, right. my wife wears flats all the time or tennis shoes. And when she does need to wear dress up shoes, they're usually low shoes. Uh, she does have some okay. high heels somewhere buried in there. They're like, I just mean, she celebrates decorative shoeery, decorative. Sure. What do you call yeah. it? Is it a thing? Shoeing? Decorative footwear. Decorative shoeing. Yeah. But she doesn't, she, she doesn't celebrate the highest of the high heels. And now I find when I see real high heels worn, I think it's very strange. Okay. So we'll see that all sounds healthy and people being in control of their own choices. Well, I think so, but I, that's, that's why I bring the whole thing up and the, why I led with the Oregon bit is because I wonder if you are still in a bit of fancy town, Los Angeles, which is yeah, in quotes. Pete, I'm in Tinseltown. Name. You're in Tinseltown. Everybody has to wear <laughs> We all call it Tinseltown. Yeah. Correct. And I've been to a bunch of award ceremonies recently yeah. and I've been to film festivals. There is an enormous amount of actresses wearing like sort of Trying not to fall over going down cheap theater stairs. Yeah. Um, and it I think maybe yes. I mean, I'm definitely um and I have a lot of friends that wear high heels whenever it's a chance to be fancy. Um because it's it's and, still associated very much with fanciness. Like high heels correct. mean fancy. Correct. Okay. And we will get into yeah. what it means now, but that's part of the when I said archaic, I I also want to add the word systemic. 
It has become, yes. it means something in society. That's what I mean by you were expected to wear it. I, we're we're going to get into the workplace yeah. in a second, but that's just a part of it. And people can be looked down on as maybe less successful or less elegant mm -hmm. if they're not doing this crazy balancing act. There is physical problems with it. I found on a number of different doctor websites, they are obviously, they can be painful and unsteady and they commonly lead to, you ready? Sprained angles, strained and shortened calf muscles, plantar fasciitis, and back and knee pain. It can cause foot deformities such as bunions and hammer toes. I don't even know what those are. Yeah. As well as skin changes like blisters and calluses may also occur. And let's get into it. Although it's being slowly relaxed in some places, many workplaces still demand that women wear them. So the choice wow. is being taken out, that they are not allowed to wear um, flat shoes. Some women are fighting back. And this story, once you hear about this story, it is everywhere. There is one person uh, in the UK that is like the flag bearer for this whole don't make us wear high heel movement. I think they probably have a much better uh, term, but it's her name is Nicola Thorpe. And she arrived at the accounting firm uh, PwC to work as a temporary receptionist in 2017, but was told she had to replace her flats with high heels. When she refused, she was sent home without pay. Not what? to let things go. Months later, Thorpe started a British petition trying to outlaw demanding heels at work, garnered hundreds of thousands of signatures and started a nationwide movement that led to two committees of parliament to look into the matter. The company ended up completely reversing its policy. Also, even more recently in 2019, have you heard of the Kutu movement? I had not. No. That was a question. No, okay. I haven't at all. Uh, in 2019, a petition against mandatory high heels started in Japan with the hashtag Kutu, K-U-T-O-O, -O, blending the Me Too movement with the Japanese words for shoes, kutsu, and pain, kutsu, K-U-T-S-U-U. -U. So anyways, there's a lot of places. And if you go to like a Wikipedia about this, there's uh, places all over the world. There mm -hmm. are women joining together to try to fight this. So with that in mind, does that help Make you a little more uncomfortable with yeah, the high heel yeah, for, phenomenon? For sure. Okay. And, and you bringing, bringing up, like, tying in the sort of Asia, too, is is helpful. Because when I was living over there, granted, this was some years ago, but when I was living over there, high heels were very, very much a part of, like, you walk into any business and there better be mm -hmm. high heels of some, like, Got measured it. in some inches or more, right? Right. Like, and uh, I think that's really interesting. And and I, uh, you know, the first company I worked for when I got back to the States after that was a company that had, now that I think about it, a dress code policy for women that required high heels and uh, 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 skirt suits for women. They had to wear skirts. Right. And skirts and heels. So they're like, who came up with that? Male president of the company. <laughs> and yeah. but what's interesting is who was enforcing it? The woman. COO of the company, like enforcing, absolutely enforcing the letter of the law right. and it, at the company. And I thought that was very strange. And the younger employees the, the, that were in the company thought it was very strange that this matronly person was was, you know, supporting this was particular so thing. Such a, yeah, very yeah. much of a hard ass around making sure that the women wore high heels. I think it was is two inches too high i don't know two inches or higher it was something like that that no it's two inches generally it's two inches or higher mm -hmm. is the that they need to be at least two inches yeah. correct okay and so that suddenly doesn't surprise me anymore and it's terrible but what is yeah. the thing because they had they the way our policy was written maybe you're going to get into this but it was the the okay. words that they were using for men were equivalent equivalency or equivalent standard that the, they said as long as men had to wear ties and suits that it was okay for women to have to wear high heels skirts and makeup interesting that, i'm that not getting the, into that it didn't occur to me to find an equivalent in the male part because this is mostly a boo male yeah. situation well and it's still let's be clear it's still a boo male situation because i don't yes. think it's safe to equate high heels short skirts and makeup to men wearing to a, loafers right. and a tie like that's not right. that's that's ridiculous so yes um uh, i agree and you brought up uh the male gaze a uh -huh. lot of my research 
trying to find why high heels, where did it really come from? And a lot of it just seems to go back to the male gaze. And actually, somewhat recently in 2013, I found this delightful quote. When asked what men find attractive about a woman in high heels, the French shoe designer Christiane Labouton said... It was the fact that the heels slowed the woman down, giving the man more time to look at her. Oh, my God. Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> We're hobbling women so we can stare at them. That's Lou Bouton. Oh I don't know God. who he is, but I've heard his name a bunch. That's disgusting. That's what I mean by archaic. Yeah. I mean, I feel that there there is. I'm going to talk about the potential empowerment in a second, mm -hmm. but. I just have trouble. I, it, it's sexism. Mm -hmm. It has to be coming from sexism. Well, and course, I don't think yeah. I'm being strong in saying that. I just I feel like that is, is getting lost. Yeah. You just don't notice that anymore. The biggest change that has happened, apart from things, again, things are slowly relaxing in certain places, but stiletto heels used to be everything, yeah. and now they are really going away. Do you know why? No. Because they hurt women. No, no, not, nothing to do with the women at all. They're screwing up floors. <laughs> Stiletto heels, like there were museums, there were all of these places that were having their floors damaged by stiletto heels. So that's why it's going away. Not because stiletto heels are like walking on a tightrope made of, I don't know what shoes are made of. What are shoes made of? We'll wood, never know. Wood, cork, yeah. leather. Um, I also found, can I share something else with you? Of course. Thank you. They're also not necessarily helpful to women. I said, you know, you, you see it as professional, you can see it as elegant, but just earlier in this year of our Lord, 2022, University of North Carolina professor Sridhari Desai and her team conducted a series of studies looking at how people viewed women in a variety of work settings. They'd included uh, like t teaching a class, giving a presentation, interviewing for a job and taking part in like a negotiation. Mm -hmm. um, and the only change was they would see both sides. Some would wear high heels and some would wear flats. What do you think the results were? It's gonna, what do you think? Who was deemed more capable and prepared? The flats. It's got to be the flats, right? Correct. That was kind of... Correct. Yeah. yeah. But that's the whole... But, yeah. but don't we think that it's supposed to go the other way oh. because that's why they're doing it. Women wearing flats were deemed more capable and prepared and earned higher evaluations from both men and women in their 20s through their 50s. So it's... Screwing, screwing you up, coming and going. Yeah. You have to do. Yeah, I mean, there, that seems like a situation where there's no winning. Did you say you have to do it? Yeah, but you're not supposed to do it, and you're looked down on not wearing them. But you're more capable if you don't wear them. It's yeah, well, insane. That's I feel like that's like I. It, I feel like that's kind of like the the <laughs> existing as a woman <laughs> is, is right. That, that Unfortunately, yes. So, uh, but did you say, I mean, it, when you started this, that you asked around some of your women friends and some of them disagreed with you? With your, Correct. Tell me about that. They, um, there was this one friend who I'm not, uh, I haven't seen in a long time uh, because of this. No, it was not. <laughs> um, she, I remember her feeling very strong that it was her choice. She was not doing it because she had to. She felt empowered she felt elegant mm -hmm. she liked being taller and i completely get that if you if you like being taller if it gives you if you feel it gives you grace and confidence and feel more beautiful mm -hmm. then by all means do it yeah. i'm not saying you're only doing it because of the male gaze if you wear high heels i'm not condemning you at all i'm saying if it's uncomfortable yeah right if you don't want to do it but you feel like you have to or it's being demanded of you against your wishes if you're forced to wear them like in a high traffic or high walking job, like a, being a server, mm -hmm. then it's archaic and outdated and sexist. Yeah, right. I believe her, I'm not going to use her name, but I believe her that she really does like it. Yeah. Uh, I guess what, what creeps me out is just how it's just so naturalized. Right. How people don't get the chance to ask this question can, very much. Can you think of something that you wear that, that would be an equivalent standard to high heels something that underwear. you that you <laughs> <laughs> just basic underwear it's, it's like a waist handcuff yeah, what, uh... <laughs> <laughs> because i you know th this is the argument that no. i think comes back to and this is the, i i don't know i feel like almost even even asking or, or making the statement is it comes off as I don't want it to come off as sexist. It probably will. I can't do anything about it. But I feel okay. like I hear, you know, like your friend, we'll call her uh, uh, Samantha. 
uh, who yep. says, um, you know, I, I like wearing the high heels because of the XYZ, because it I like the way it makes my legs look. I like the way like it's peacocking yep. like I'm and, and I do the same thing. Like when I want to huh. um, appeal to someone, if I want to make an impression, I wear things that I want want to, you know, accentuate parts of me. Right. You know, like I, right. I, I feel like that was a very much a part of my life when I was younger and. Uh, now I'm a big dirty slob, and I don't care about myself. Right, and so yeah, you know, things change. But the the point is, like, I totally i i get your i get your position and your secondhand anxiety, and uh, you know, you know what it is. Um, is it the same? Is it the same kind of double standard as like sex work? People who think, oh, uh, people who are in the porn industry shouldn't be in the porn industry because it's it it denigrates women until you talk to the sex workers who are like, yeah, I make good living in in this. Right. I, I like it. I like doing the work. It's work I enjoy. And I work with great clients and stop, stop trying to help me stay off my side. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> right? Like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the, that's like getting the, a lap, like getting a lap dance, but you just look in their eyes the whole time <laughs> because you respect them so much. No, getting lap dance and reading their dissertation. <laughs> better that's better do you, do you know what i'm saying like that that's the that's the conundrum i feel like we're constantly in on some of these right. things because culture is changing expectations yep. are changing and yet even people who would have been under the old cultural regime subject to these yep. expectations don't want to change because of some reason and you know how what kind of allowance do we have for the the fluidity of that sort of cultural change without being without everyone looking at somebody in high heels and saying oh it's i'm so sad for you because you're wearing high heels yeah i see what you're saying well i don't believe that i'm doing that only because i've feel pretty strongly and i believe i've said yeah. like it's as long as it's up to you yes yeah i don't feel like Again, very strong for me to say that if I see someone wearing high heels, I'm not saying, oh, poor you. You have to do this because of society. Yeah. I'm saying that if someone comes up to me and goes, I hate these heels. Yes. When they're yeah. coming, when they get to like the second half of a party and they're like, my feet are killing me. I just need to switch my shoes. That's like the saddest well, thing. When somebody, when you see right. somebody walking around with their barefoot, carrying their shoes, generally that's a <laughs> sign like... that the shoes didn't do the job they were asked to do. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I think that that's I'm I'm very I think it can be extremely fluid. Again, yeah. I'm not making up any mind before the situation. I've just been around so many people and there's so many websites and yeah. articles written about this. Yeah. And so many women in op-ed pieces saying this is archaic. Yeah. This is systemic. This is sexist. I think that's where I got those words from. <laughs> and I just, once again, I took them from a woman and gave them to me. I am the high heel of a person. <laughs> uh, I feel like the so only again, thing that, that, that really slams the point home is when you see somebody complaining about, about their, how much their feet hurt. You just say, well, that's the cultural expectation. And now I'm supposed to say, woohoo, nice gams, and then <laughs> <Yeah>. walk away. <laughs> And then walk away on my incredibly easy to walk in shoes. <laughs> on my Adidas. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I think, yeah, we that's sort it? of what I wanted. I mean, we solved it. I think so. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's no real solution to it other than to say, for those that need to hear it, there are certain people that do feel very strongly about this yeah. and have felt strongly about it for a long time. I just sort of want to keep it out to use to steal our own line. I want to drag it out into yeah. the light a little bit because it's just something that I think is overlooked. It's just so normalized. It is. Yeah. But I think it's I think th that's what makes me nervous because, I mean, some people could say this just sounds like a gripe. What does this have to do with anxiety? I, it also points out blind spots. Yeah, for sure. This can be a blind spot for a lot of people. And I worry I have I'm Stevie Wonder over here. I've got, I'm sure I have blind spots all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. That are just normalized. I and so, yeah, I totally think so. And I, I absolutely see that the uh, that any sort of workplace standard like got to put an end to that because that is legit right. unlawful workplace sex discrimination. That's what that is. Like right. anything yep. that is so hyper gendered, it just has to stop. Even if you whistle and say nice gams a lot. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Don't do any of that. It's all bad. Right. It's all bad right. and needs to be expunged. 
so that we can all go back to wearing what we want by choice. Yes, exactly. That's the goal. Yep. Goodbye, underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, underwear. Hello, work week. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving, Panic Pals. You're not doing your part. See, the American wild turkey has made a comeback. In the early 1900s, there were only 200,000 specimens of the bird. Today, there are over 7 million. And while that might sound incredible for your turkey day feast, there is a dark downside, and it lives on the Anacostia Riverwalk Trail in our fair capital city, Washington, D.C. It is here the birds have made their stand. At least one of them has. Bikers, runners, and walkers along the scenic byway have been attacked for months and months by a rogue wild turkey. They've been knocked off their bikes. They've been chased through the brush. They have been pecked aggressively. But it's a turkey, you say. I eat turkey for breakfast, you say. This is a three and a half foot tall fowl and it's putting every bit of its 30 pounds plus toward taking you down. Musician Dee Dee Falaran says, this big gigantic wild turkey jumps up out of the brush and almost claws me in the face, knocking me off my bike, he recalls. It literally chased me around for like five minutes, he says. I was running around trying to get away from it and get back to my bike, it was crazy. Florian then took out his phone and started recording when another biker was knocked off her bike and chased around in the exact same way until she started screaming, can you help me? Can you please help me? If you're a panic pal listening to this on Thanksgiving Day here in the U.S., it's your patriotic duty to put turkeys back in their place. That means you each have to eat, um, 6,800,000 turkeys. What? You can't do that alone. You need help. That's why we're calling on all of you, all of you Thanksgiving do-gooders to join the fight against our befeathered menace. For just $35, you're supporting this season, plus you're getting access to your very own members-only podcast feed, chock full of member-only extended editions of our episodes, member-only episodes, trailer archive, and so much stuff. Plus, we're preparing our sticker mailing now, so get on that list. Visit whatsthatsmell.net to learn more. And thank you for your support. Tom. Oh, Pete. Hi. Hi. Mm. Mm. I've had I've had a rough couple of weeks on this show. You might agree. Oh no. Do you know do you know where I'm going with this when I tell you I've had a rough couple of weeks on this very show? No, I think you've been doing wonderful. I'm what do you not, mean? I have not. I think it's very clear I have not. And I have one name to drop that will remind you why I'm having a rough couple of weeks on this show. That name is Okay. Famous international superstar snuffed oh out God. at a very young age, Jim Clark. Is that the race car <laughs> That's driver? That's the race car driver. That you are weirdly obsessed weirdly with. Weirdly obsessed <laughs> with. And now, so let's leave that aside. Jim Clark, let that hang. Okay. But the listener doesn't know what you're talking about, uh, do they? They will. Because you fixed they it. They will. Oh, they will. Yeah, they okay. will because we're going to talk about okay. it. In the annals of this show, as I'm searching our database of things we have talked about, the very first time uh, that we talked about uh, memory on this show was episode 103. It was a cold open oh. uh, entitled Anxiety Leads to Better Memory? Question mark. We also talked about it in uh, episode 310, uh, which was My Anxiety, Gaslighting, and the Fallibility of Memory. Right. So mm -hmm. I remember that. Yep. And yep. then we talked about it again, memory. Uh, it was the <laughs> Swedish memory foam. Uh, we did a bit on <laughs> Swedish memory foam in episode 505. So over the last seven seasons, we've talked about it three times. And, and one okay. time was about Swedish memory foam, not related to memory at all. Why, just even two episodes ago, Tom, you brought up your fear of memory. The devil, you say. That whole walkabout wedding thing again. <laughs> at the rest stop, yeah. Got it. We have danced around memory, in particular, around uh, not wanting to be forgotten, right? The phasagoraphobia, yep, fear of being forgotten, right? Legacy, those kinds of yep. things. Yep. 
And so we we talk about memory a, a little bit. Well, can you do you think you feel comfortable refreshing the listener about my problems vis-a-vis Jim Clark? Oh, <laughs> sure. Well, I don't remember some of the specifics, but you recently for your panic pal uh-huh. part, like the part that you just read, uh-huh. we, you know, we do separate research and we write up something to do. And you gave this very well-written, very eloquent uh, recounting of Jim Clark and his career and using the words pole position and how he won everything and he was incredible. And then it all ended. And you said, it now back to the show. <laughs> and I said to you, that was great. Why do I already know all of that? Yes. And you said, what do you mean? And I was like, "Did have you already done that before? Because I knew every word and I even quoted to you jokes that I had made because yes. it had been a conversation, not a monologue the first time. And you said, I don't think so, but I made you nervous enough that you were going to go check. And I was like, we've had this entire talk. Did we just chat about race car driving? <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't because I couldn't remember. But I was like, we have had this talk. I and yeah, and so I said just keep your keep your ears open for it because I'm pretty sure it's going to show up either on sat you know on our film podcast yeah. somewhere. Yeah, I knew all that stuff. Well, yeah. as it turns out, I went back and I I was editing. I had gotten a little bit behind on editing our show, and so I edited a bunch of our shows right in a row. And it turns out, not two weeks prior to that aforementioned Jim Clark conversation, <laughs> I had done an extended <laughs> bit on Jim Clark. Jim Clark as a part of my purpose. Uh, anxiety, like fine. It was a listener submission. That's finding what it was. And it was finding just, your purpose. Yeah. That's right. And it was okay. just two episodes prior to that recording, and I couldn't remember that it happened. It was like <laughs> oh, a no. brand new. I was editing it, and I was like, "Oh, who is that guy that sounds like me having that conversation about Jim Clark with Tom?" <laughs> no. Yeah, Pete. I was worried about that. Now it, it 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 came back to me, and I have to I yeah. have to give myself a little bit of a break because I record a lot of podcasts, and I didn't do a good very point. good job in that case of documenting my my notes, and so I I have to give myself a little bit of credit. I sure. I don't really feel like I'm losing my memory, but uh-huh. but then I started. You would know. Then I started. I <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Then I got into to researching because I realized that I'm not letting this go. Like my my brain is just wants to sink its teeth into this thing about like, do I have reason okay. to to worry about losing my memory? Now I believe we did sure. talk about um, you know when my dad was getting older after he would had his heart surgery, he had some real trouble recuperating from from his uh, heart surgery some years ago, and there was a full year yeah. where his memory was in significant doubt. Uh, that he might have had a stroke or a bleed of some sort that that damaged his brain. And eventually it got better. After a year, he got back to normal. Everything was fine. But I, I started thinking, like, is this a thing I should be worried about? I started really thinking over and over and over again. Do I, am I, should I be worried about my memory? I'm, sure. do I remember stuff that people aren't doing? Or am I, like, not remembering stuff I should? Do I always know where my keys and my wallet are? I I sometimes mm-hmm. get distracted. I have a pretty rigorous system about that. Um, you know, and, and so I started worrying about it. And then I read this study when I started researching. And now I can't let go of it at all. Um, oh, studies. So, Tom, before I get into the study itself and tell you mm-hmm. a few things about memory, can you tell me your relationship with memory? I can definitely, I, it's not like two episodes before, but there have been, and again, you know, being nice to yourself, like you did being nice to myself, this is the seventh season, but I, one of the most important things that we do is have that coda document up that documents everything we've done. Cause I will start writing out or start thinking about something and be like, (laughs) have <laughs> done this and I have to do a quick search. I do it almost every week. I didn't do yeah. it this week because high we heels, what am I talking about? about? <laughs> no, no one is talking about high heels. Why? Right. That's the, but I did. And that's the reason we have a podcast. Yeah. Um, so no, I mean, I definitely worry about that stuff. Uh, do you find uh, uh, that you think about the long arc of physiological decline? Like, do you anticipate getting older and losing your memory? Yes. Yes. I actually, I have, I haven't personally seen it, but I've been hearing a lot of stories about it. A friend of the show, her mother is going through it. Mm -hmm. She's losing her short-term memory. And so she is still very active and doing stuff, but she will tell the same story Mm -hmm. 
three to five times in one setting. She'll just keep wrapping around right, to it. Right. And that is very scary. Yeah, it is very scary. That idea. Yeah. 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 <laughs> She'd be great on this podcast. <laughs> that would be so much easier to write for yeah, that podcast. Totally. Yeah. Uh, so copy paste. Let me, let me just... Let me just say, you you started your saying, I hope this doesn't get grim. Well, I don't think we can avoid it because the problem is that you are at your peak, your memory peak, when you're about 20. And then oh, good. it's a oh, wait, long, yeah, you're not 20 anymore. <laughs> at heart. From there on out, it's a long decline. Luckily, okay. it's a very long and for many people, shallow decline. Like, it gets a little bit worse. You notice it gets a little bit worse. But it doesn't. Yeah it doesn't go straight to Alzheimer's, which is what the big fear is. Right. Like you're just going to lose right. memory so much you lose identity. And that's, mm -hmm. a, that's a terrifying thing. But the study that I read indicates that it is possible you are doing yourself a disservice to the function of your long-term memory just by thinking about how worried you are about losing your long-term memory. Oh, no. Doing this what? show is damaging your memory. I'm sorry, listener. It's what we're doing right now. We're just talking about it. You're we're thinking eating, about it. We're eating your memories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what's happening right Why? now. Uh, yeah. It, uh, I, I, don't know. I don't know. And you know what else? The study doesn't know. They don't know. But they're saying that the, they, the tests that they're running indicate that the people who are uh, struggling with their own memory, they're struggling with their own memory, they think about losing their memory, and that is actually damaging their memory. That one of the worst things you can do for your memory, ironically, is to worry about your memory. Researchers have long known that it's harder to think and remember things under pressure. The amount of information yeah, you can keep true. in mind at any given moment shrinks when you are stressed, making it hard harder to think flexibly. And all of that affects what you're able to retrieve from your memory. So that's one of the huh. things that makes me that, that I think about that, oh my goodness, I get under stress. I get under performative anxiety, right? I'm preparing for the show, knowing I'm going to get on the mic, knowing I'm going to put it, uh, put this thing out on the internet for our listener. And I get, I get into a little bit of that performance anxiety and then my memory doesn't function as well. And so I am, I'm no longer doing it. That is terrifying uh, for me personally, because I do this every day, all day long for clients and right. and uh, personal joy and all of these things. And now I'm worried about <laughs> I'm worried about worrying about losing my memory. And right? that's not a meta structure that is sustainable. No, we're eating. We're eating ourselves yeah. alive. Now that you're bringing this up, I am now extremely aware of the amount of times every day that I say, stop me if I've told you this before. <laughs> I can't remember who I've told yeah, this before. Right. Because I don't, I tell story, I, I'm a storyteller. So I tell stories and yeah. share things kind of like a shotgun approach. And so I can never remember. Mm -hmm. And I'm, and I get, I'm worried about that. I don't want people to think that I'm going crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so I always put a caveat of, yeah, stop me if I've heard this or, but just in case I'll make this real quick. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and that's memory. That yeah. is absolutely memory. And so uh, Anaya Thomas and Stacey Dubois did this research mm. and they said uh, their their study, <laughs> just, let me, just let me read a bit of it. Even brief encounters okay. with positive and negative information about memory and aging can affect adults' ability to remember. Uh, older in, in the study, older adults read either a brief article claiming that memory gets worse with age or one arguing the reverse, that it doesn't change much over time. Then they uh, respondents took a memory test. The group that read the more positive article didn't do that much worse than a control group of college students who were still in the prime of their cognitive lives, right? So the people mm -hmm. who read the thing that says your memory is going to be great when you get old, they're doing fine. They're on par with the 20-something college students. The, Got it. the group that read the negative article suggesting that memory really does worse and performed horribly on the memory test. Wow. Be do you think it's because they were already, to use our favorite word, perseverating? They were thinking about my memories in trouble. Well, and so it maybe, became a self-fulfilling Yeah, that's prophecy. kind of what they're saying is that you put yourself yeah. in a space of anxiety. Now, what it is also saying is that it's highly state dependent. That it's not like sitting here, like the way I led into this was that, oh my gosh, thinking about memory is going to permanently damage my memory. That's not right. entirely true. What it's really saying is perseverating on my memory will inform uh, negative, my negative ability to recall things 
while right. I'm in that state. Right. But if I can relax, yeah. if I can practice, you know, the things that I know about mindfulness and wellness and all that stuff, then I could, you know, I, I, I could turn it around, you know, maybe not like a college kid anymore. <laughs> but who is? Uh, but uh, right. So if you're not staring right at it. Yeah. That that's what we talked about, like shower thoughts, driving right. car thoughts, like yes. the ideas come from the side hatch. Exactly. A lot exactly. of the time when you're not staring at it. OK. So here was an interesting thing. So do, what do you do? Do you when you think about like, oh, I got to improve my memory. I'm going to do for brain health. What are the things that you immediately think of that you've heard? Oh, I need to I need to do that. I've never thought that. What? You Which is heard, weird. Like, well, what do you do? Oh, to I've heard of brain, it, though. Memory, like brain function. Yeah. Well, I think there's why do I want to say eating fish? <laughs> is that a thing? Absolutely. It is. Yeah. OK, so eating fish fish oils. And then there seem to be a lot of apps and things that I see, um, like little brain quizzes and do this and keep your brain active. And this will keep you young. What do you, do you have any that you want? Oh, I've never done one. Well, I did. Actually, I did do one. It was like every day it would give you some sort of like little challenge. And on day two, I couldn't do it. And I threw my phone <laughs> in the river. <laughs> Cause it was like, it was kind of Sudoku related. Yeah. And I was like, Nope. Well, yeah. you just so, brought up one Sudoku and, 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 you know, puzzles, right? Like, uh, okay. crossword puzzles, things like that. And, and so those are the, the normal things that people do. Make you do elasticity, do puzzles. But this is, uh, Art Markman and Bob Duke wrote a book called brain briefs. And uh, the answers Ooh. to the most and least pressing questions about your mind. And one of the things that they said is that you're taking it easy on yourself uh, when you are, uh, if you think that doing a Sudoku or a, or a crossword puzzle is going to improve your brain's elasticity. What you Meaning it's not going to have It's not going to have effect. much of an, okay. it, you might get joy out of it and dopamine push is certainly useful and, you know, do those yeah. things, it's fine. But really, if you really want to stretch your brain, do all the other things. Stop doing drugs, Tom. Stop doing all the drugs. Uh, stop drinking. Uh huh. Well, stop drinking. Well, we'll see about that. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, stop sustaining sharp blows to your head. That is literally <laughs> done. Off to a great actually. Wait, great start. Yeah, I, I, no, I fall over all the time. I shouldn't have. <laughs> I was so confident. Okay, but yeah. this is the one they say actually is really great. Is to debate. Pick an argument oh. that you that you have a strong opinion on and write or argue it with someone else taking the opposite side. I don't do that very much because I enjoy being liked. <laughs> and I wrongly think sometimes I wrongly attribute debating someone yeah. or having a real strong stance and wanting to argue my thing. Uh -huh. I'm more easygoing in general. That's actually a potential upcoming segment I wanted to talk about, <laughs> which is kind of funny. But yeah, so I won't yeah. go into it too much. But that's interesting. Isn't that That makes a ton of sense. Yes. Well, and that's really what they're getting is oppositional thinking, right? Not for right. like going out and making headlines, but that kind of thinking makes your brain work in a way that it's unaccustomed to. And that's good right. because your brain, you know, you exercise your brain like you exercise any other muscle and you're really pushing it to think about wow. things in a different way, not just learning something new, forming new neuronal pathways. That's all great, too. But taking something that's already wired and forcing yourself to wire it a different way, that's the equivalent of flexing yeah. it. That's flexing. What, do you think it would be even more flexy if you took a position that was opposite of what you really believed? That's what I'm saying. If you had to force? Yeah. Oh, that's exactly wait, You're it. saying... Oh, it's not just taking a point and arguing. You're saying take up an oppositional take point, a point of your own you true belief. You feel strongly about and argue the opposite side. Oh, I'm so sorry I missed that detail. That's that, an important. Okay. It's an important. Sorry, one. my bad. It's an yeah. I, mean, you I say, thought it was you just the idea the of detail. debate. Yeah. Right. Right. I didn't remember that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> Is it weird that <laughs> Sudoku makes me feel so angry that I feel it's a debate? Like, I will talk to the Sudoku and be like, look at your dumb little boxes. You think you're so much smarter than me. <laughs> is that a, is that a debate? <laughs> I have actually, I, you actually just, you helped me uh, because I really, we've talked a lot about AI on the show this year and, yep. um, and you just dropped Robot apps dogs. and I just realized that is a, that is a real hole in the what's that smell product strategies. We don't have an app. Oh. <gasps> we don't? No. <laughs> what have Mind I been using? Mind Sweeper isn't us? 
I thought Minesweeper was all us. Oh, God, I've spent so much money already. Well, now I feel like we now have an app to develop, and the app includes Angry Sudoku, Sudoku that debates you back and, and yells yep. at you when you're wrong. Yep. Uh, maybe some sort of crossword with uh, only devastatingly horrible headlines <laughs> that you're filling in right. about like tsunamis and stuff. Um, angry turkey angry instead turkey, of angry it's birds a game. It's angry to go turkey. with your yeah. panic pal Absolutely. yep you're just trying to the game is you have to successfully film a woman being attacked, <laughs> being attacked by, by, a, by turkey a turkey and keep her in the frame the yeah. entire time while she is while screaming having, right help me help me and, your and, job and is you not have to, do to it help in, her because of no, the incident. your job is to to let your empathy meter drop down to zero <laughs> and then you win <laughs> <laughs> the, then the, the last level is just you're wearing yeah. six inch stilettos and all you have in front of you is a New York City sidewalk grate and you have to get to the other side. Oh my God. Are we there? This, I mean, this, I, this is, is all just blue sky, blue sky ideation. Yep. But what's that smell? Yeah. The app, I think, really has legs. I think that's great. <laughs> uh, what were we talking about? Oh, again? now that makes I me even, wanna... I don't even remember what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> about memory perfect thank you all so much for joining us for this episode this week's tune is come around by kids fly coming up next week so <laughs> we're making some cut <laughs> mass layoffs we're starting yeah. with you right number one yeah. the rest we over gotta time. tighten the belt by one notch, <laughs> one notch. <laughs> that's like that's like having a secret family <laughs> like what do you, you you get off work and then you put on a mustache and go to a different job <laughs> that sucks yeah i think my job search strategy would be number one get a job <laughs> and that's it. That's the entire strategy. <laughs> I was waiting for the rest of the bit. Yeah, no, that was it. That's it. That was the whole thing. <laughs> what if I what if I just stood up right now and backed up and just tightened my belt one night? No, what no. if I just did that and then hung up the phone? And then you just pieced out and all of a sudden yeah. I'm looking at my dog like he's a juicy ham. Yeah. Like a, <laughs> like, his, like a person starving on an island. <laughs> Until then, I'm Pete Wright. And I'm Tommy Metz III. Thank you so much for downloading. We'll be back next week on What's That Smell? show.